if you put the right fuel in your body, the right amount, it's inevitable. You will see results. And me just being a stupid kid, I didn't realize that. You know, I, I thought I had to like essentially starve myself. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Fitness and Friends Podcast. Today we get to chat with two of our amazing coaches, Coach Nick and Coach Corey. In this episode, we discuss a ton of topics about weight loss, some of the biggest mistakes, breaking plateaus, the importance of nutrition, psychology, and so much more. Take out a notepad because we go over a ton of tips that could potentially pivot your strategy in your journey towards weight loss. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss another episode. We hope you guys are staying healthy and happy as we get closer to working out again. We love you guys and we hope you enjoy the show. That's on. We're, we're, we're live. Right? Nice. So. Glad you two are here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, All thanks right. for having us. So we're starting another segment. Well, we've done this before, but this time around, we're going to try to speak a little closer because I think we tried this in the past, and then you couldn't hear one person. So we're trying it again. Hopefully this is uh, this will work. So we got Coach Nick, and we also got Coach Corey here, and um, Royce. <laughs> Just Royce. Um, so guys, the, the big topic I wanted to talk about because some of our members wanted to ask a little bit more in depth on the questions about weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start out with Nick. I'm going to ask you a little bit of questions and then you can kind of give me some of the feedback. But the question is, um, what's the most surprising part of your weight loss journey? Most surprising part. That's a good question. Um, I would say the most surprising part is not how hard it is to lose the weight. I'm going to say the hardest part. The most surprising part is how hard it is to keep it off. So okay. like initially losing however much weight, whether it be 10, 20, 50, 100 pounds, um, in retrospect, that's the easy part. Um, Interesting. The hard part is doing, is after you lose that, doing what it takes day in and day out, nutrition-wise, um, thought process-wise, to keep that off and not revert back to the old habits that your body knows. That's really cool. Now here's the other question for me. So you get to your end goal right? How do you keep the fire going? You're like, man, I lost my 50 pounds. And then you're like, what do I do next? Like, what's, what's that talk like for you? Um, so for me, it was, so like I, like I said before, I had a breaker flip in my head once I hit 300. Right. And once that breaker flipped, it was like, okay, like I want to see what the skinny guy life is like. Like I want the abs and I want all that. So it was, it was easier for me, especially, so like once I lost all the weight and I saw my transformation, mm -hmm. um, it was easier for me to just kind of want, like the want to hold on to that outweighed the want to go back to 300 pounds. Okay. Like that, that, that's what keeps me driven like even to this day. It's like I, I fight every single day, um, every single week to not go back to 300 pounds, whether it be, you know hitting multiple workouts, whether it be going for runs, whether it be, it, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's one of those things that's always on the back burner in my mind Okay, is what have I done in relation to the gym today? What have I done in relation to nutrition today? Like, have I had a couple of good whole meals or have I had too many burgers and fries? Right. Um, 
there's also there's also that balance, right? Like you can you can go super strict, um, but then you tend to burn out, and that's right. kind of what I found during my journey is when I tried to be super strict, um, I was super strict for a nice little while, but then when I burnt out. I gained, you know, 10, 20, 30 pounds, and that's not what I wanted. So okay. what I did is um, I, I allow myself to kind of have a cheat meal or a cheat snack more often because that allows me to, you know, hit that niche of, oh, I want something sweet or, oh, I want those Oreos or those gummy worms, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't gorge myself. And, I, and I, I think that's the biggest thing that I found is, if you allow yourself to have just a little bit more often, you don't gorge yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you have this thing behind you saying that I don't want to get to that 300 again. Do you have anything in front of you? Do you put goals in front? Do you put um, movements in front that you've never accomplished before? Uh, yeah. So that's a good question. Um, like I, one of my biggest goals is I want to dunk a basketball. Okay. Right, and I'm super duper close there, and I've been super duper close there for years. Yeah, uh, I actually believe that's more of a mental barrier than it is a physical barrier. Okay, um, and like a 225 snatch, like I can overhead squat like 250 pounds, and my PR is like a 205. So, like, those are some goals, some running goals that I've had. Um, but I would probably say my biggest goal is mobility, like, okay. because I know the more mobile I can get, the easier it's going to be for me to hit. The overhead position or the easier it's going to be for me to get up in the air to dunk a basketball with less effort less sheer force on my joints and all that i love that i like that all right Corey, it's your turn you ready yes, sir all right so here's the big question mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of still on the weight loss journey here um and this one's going to be in particularly about plateauing right uh what was what was that like how did you break your plateau does it have happen often um can you give us a little bit more insight on what that's like? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I probably hit the longest plateau in history. Mm -hmm. I had a seven-year plateau where I just I didn't gain any weight or anything like that, but I really wasn't making progress despite you know working out as hard as I possibly could, getting all kinds of different you know pre-made programs, things like that, and you know all these trying all these different things. I did the you know the vegan thing for over a year, which I never felt worse. It just, just my, yeah, you, huh? my body just did not like it. You know, okay. if it works for, you know, if it works for your body, heck yeah, more power to you. But for me, it just, it, it wasn't enough, you know, uh, nutrition, not enough macros, okay. but, um, you know, tried powerlifting, all kinds of different stuff. And for me, what really broke the plateau was actually getting involved in CrossFit. Um, you know, back the gym that I started out at in uh, Bakersfield, they opened up actually on the other side of my old day job, the moving company. They rented out the other half of our warehouse. Um, my sister and I had both just gotten our uh, CPT licenses and she started working for a counter and she, you know, hey, yeah, you should come by, you should come by. And, um, you know, I never really understood all the hate you know, that was thrown towards CrossFit, you know, mm -hmm. I was always like, it actually kind of looks like a lot of fun, right, right? you know, and the first day I tried it, like, I was like, oh my God, that, that absolutely, I have not been this tired or this, you know, this sore right. in forever. And I just kept going back and, 
dude, before, before I knew it, I, you know, I had dropped another 25 pounds. Um, I had more energy, stuff like that. Like I was able to move in ways I didn't think I ever would be able to. So what, what did you think the major differences were for you? Because you said you did a little bit of some bodybuilding, a little mm -hmm. bit of some powerlifting. Mm -hmm. What were like some like, Oh, this is different. This oh, absolutely. Different. Um, I want to say the, the body confusion Okay. The fact that you are not going to do the same thing, you know, twice right. in a row with every other type of fitness and, and not to speak ill of them, I'll yeah. never say anything bad about any form of fitness. You know, right. if it enriches your life, heck yeah, more power to you. Keep right. doing it. But for me, I was, it, I kind of became apathetic and that just fed into plateauing. Okay. Um, I could predict exactly what coaches were, you know, what they were going to prescribe to me month by month. Um, okay, cool. You're going to, you're going to take my reps down by this amount. You're going to up my sets by this amount, and you're probably going to get rid of these accessory movements and add these ones in, or you know, something some similar like that. Cool. I'll be here for an hour, and then the rest of my day, I'm just going to, you know, freaking not really feel all that great. But I'll I'll trick myself into thinking that I did. Yeah. You know? Did the intensity change? Absolutely. Did it go? What was oh that my like? God. The intensity went through the roof, you know? Um, okay. I was, I was always that guy that was kind of at the back of the gym, you know, and I probably, I still kind of am, you know, during classes, you know, but the, the, the fact that I was around so many other people and I wanted to keep up with them, um, that really fed the fire. And okay. that, that made me want to up my intensity, up my effort, mm -hmm. because I felt like I wanted to belong. You know, um, I wanted to feel like I actually belonged there. How cool is that? Yeah. You know, and that was, I mean, even at my first gym, everybody, they, they were very, very good about that first day, you know, like being very welcoming and, you know, wanting me around stuff and even though I was a complete mess you right. know I moved like crap and you know had no energy and they were just beyond cool and at every turn you know like uh my buddy John back in Bakersfield he's just a freaking monster uh -huh. and I didn't even know this guy at the time and yeah. he would see me going through you know going through a, a workout and he'd be off doing something else and he'd just be, yeah, dude, go, go. Yeah, that's what I like. And you're like, oh, God. Oh, my God, dude. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Okay. And that gave you a little bit of push. So a little Absolutely. bit of some randomization, mm -hmm. right? A little bit more intensity because of the environment change. Absolutely. Um, encouragement is a, lot a encouragement. big, big part of it. You know, um, fitness is just like any other, you know, aspect of life, you know, okay. once you, you get too used to things and you become apathetic wow. towards it, you okay. know, where, you know, if, if you have people encouraging you and you're having fun at what you're doing, like that's never going to happen. Wow. Okay. Let's flip the script. You guys got questions for me? Yeah, I got one for you. Uh, okay. what was the catalyst or the first step you'd suggest for someone who wants to lose weight? What was the catalyst or um, let me rephrase that. Did you mean what would be the initial thing that I would want them to do if they wanted to do that? Mm -hmm. Is that the question? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, you know what? Anytime, anytime I get a weight loss client or, or a weight loss member, uh, th 
the number or the circumference or the picture is normally the last thing for me, right? Um, anytime someone wants to lose the weight, the question is why, right? We really, we, I first, like, I first want to know exactly why they want to lose 10 pounds, why they want to lose 20 pounds. Because the truth is 10, 20 pounds, 30 pounds is easy for us. It's easy for me to get you to do, right? But being able to sustain it is an entirely different, um, entirely a different thing. So if, if so, so I try to dig deep exactly what that, that can be. It can be as simple as, you know what, I just, I, I need to get off my medication. Right? It can, or it could be as deep as, hey, I want to be able to, to see my grandkids five years down the road. Right? Yeah. So um, it's just more powerful. It's more powerful for me to understand why they're trying to get there aside just from losing 10 pounds. Because you can't do that. It's easy to do that. Oh, yeah. But being able to be um, having a deeper purpose is essentially what I'm trying to do. That's the catalyst. Let's find the deeper purpose. Let's use that. Let's, let's use that as fuel. And then as when we hit those plateaus, it's a reminder, mm-hmm. right? It's like, Corey, man, like you said, you want to see your grandkids. Right? We hit 10 pounds. We got, we got to try something new. Mm-hmm. You ready? Right? So those are some of the, the biggest catalysts for me, especially when someone's coming in to be like, I want to lose weight, right? So, Thank you. question. Thank you. All right. So here's another question that I wanted to ask um, Nick. I'm going to fire this one back, right? Um, If you can give me three big mistakes that you had early on losing weight, what would that top three be? First one is not having a realistic expectation of what was viable for me. Okay. Um, So like 300 pounds, 275 pounds, 260 um, it wasn't. It wasn't viable for me. It wasn't realistic to want to look like. Oh man, uh, I don't know. Is? No, no. Okay. Uh, that's that's still who I want to look like. Oh, okay. right? that's, I'm, I'm working okay. on that. Um, I don't know, like a like a skinny DB, you know, what oh, I mean, yeah, or a cornerback, yeah. right? Okay. Um, so that was that was probably the biggest thing is when I first started out is I didn't have a realistic expectation of what my body could look like. Okay. Um, and so that, that kind of wreaked havoc on my psyche. Um, and that, you know, it, it, it made me fluctuate, like having too, having too much of an unrealistic expectation, right. uh, allowed my psyche to go to a bad place and like allowed me to plateau and probably sit there for longer than I should have. <clears throat> okay. Um, second would be not focusing enough on nutrition in the beginning. Um, because I've been a football player, been a rugby player. Um, the gym, putting the work in, like that's that's never been the issue for me. Uh-huh. Um, I've always been able to do that. But it wasn't until I started eating more whole foods, more nutrient dense foods, um, following closer to like a macro regimen, uh-huh. um, that I was able to see the most amount of difference. Incredible. Um, yeah, we'll go with those two. And I'm and I'm gonna ask one for you, Corey. What's what's one of the big mistakes that you've made early on? Oh, that's simple. Not eating enough. <clears throat> oh wow. Oh yeah. Okay, so um, explain that to me. You know, when when I was a kid, you know, YouTube wasn't around, anything like that. You know, and not to speak ill over, but my mom, you know, at the time, she had done pretty much every crash diet that you could think of. Right. 
So I had it drilled into my head that I needed to eat less, right. you know, so I would survive on like, you know, a cup of noodle and a sandwich every day, Yeah, you know, and that's so much worse for you than actually, than just eating a crap load of whole foods. Yeah. You know, that right there is the key. It's, you actually have to eat more of the, of the right things, right. you know, to achieve your goals. You know, if, if, uh, if you put the right fuel in your body, the right amount, right. it's inevitable. You will see results. And me just being a stupid kid, I didn't realize that. You know, I, I thought I had to, like, essentially starve myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's a super common issue that we normally see. And um, it's funny because in, in the 10 years that I've been doing this, that, that what you just said is something that girls or female athletes tend to have the most trouble on. Right, um, and it's pri- and it's everybody, right? And it's it's primarily because uh, it, it, there is that huge fallacy as far as if I eat less, I'm gonna weigh less, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as I find that purpose, we then we then talk about kind of um, what stuff they want to get measured, and then they're like, all right, let's go see what you're eating, and they're like, it's a sandwich, and mm-hmm. it's a cereal, and then a, a Quest bar. You're like, okay, what else we got? And then they're like. A, that's that's it, right? And you're like, oh Whoa. my god, how are okay, you still right? standing right now? Right, and then and then you have to have this this uh, this this conversation with them where you're like, hey, listen, we're we're gonna eat a little bit more, mm-hmm. and their eyes usually are like, this oh. guy's trying to kill me, right? Yeah. There's that fear and, um, in the eyes. So so you have that. You've had clients like that. I'm assuming. What's that? What's that conversation like? How do you get them to be like, hey, listen, you gotta eat more so mm-hmm. you can lose more weight mm-hmm. what's that like oh. you first. <laughs> all right um for me specifically i kind of try to i try to have them look at their body <clears throat> like you know like a a, a car basically okay. you know you can't expect a, a car to do more if you're putting less gas in it Beautiful. you know it or if you're putting lower grade gas in it you know um, you know, like if your car is meant to be running on premium, if you're putting 86 gas in there, you know, right and now. a quarter tank, you're going to get 20 miles on that. That's right. about it. And you still got another 300 miles. You got to go. <laughs> exactly. What do you got, Nick? Um, I usually, so I just try to, to relate everybody's metabolism to like a fire, right? Okay. So normally people who are eating less are probably eating just three meals a day, um, of, various things that they probably shouldn't be eating. But what I normally try to get them to do is I try to get them to eat at least two more smaller meals. Um, So let's say they're eating at like eight. I try to get them to eat another small meal at 10 before they have their lunch. And then I get them to try to eat another small meal at two or three before they have their dinner at five. Um, Just so that way they can keep stoking that fire. They can put tinder on there instead of a big old log. Um, The more tinder you can put on the fire, which is your metabolism, the, the hotter it's going to burn and the longer it's going to burn for you. That's, that's kind of been my experience is the hotter we can get your metabolism to burn by giving it, you know, a little something here, a little something there every two hours, um, that's, when you're, that's when the weight's just going to melt off like butter. I love it. All right, so here's – so we're going to segue into this, this next question because it's going to work pretty, pretty well, right? If I can divide three parts, there's multiple parts, obviously, weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. There's – 
the physical component to this. There's a psychological component to it as well. And then there's the nutrition component. Mm -hmm. right? If you can give a percentage on where you're the most effective, what would that be? So I'm going to ask Corey first, and then Nick, you can kind of give your input what you think this is. I definitely think that nutrition is absolutely the most important. Um, What's the percentage? I want to say that nutrition is probably 65 to 70% because it feeds into the other two. You can't maintain a physically demanding you know, uh, routine if, again, if you're filling your tank up or not filling with crap or not filling it up at all. And that is actually going to, if you can't complete your routines or anything like that, or you've been putting crap in your tank, then that's actually going to affect your, your psyche negatively. And then you're not, you're not going to want to come train. I don't feel like it. I'm going to come back the next day. You're going to be super sore. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so what's the, what's the psychology like? What percentage is that for you? Uh, God, I'm going to say that's probably 25% okay. for me, you know, and then... And then fitness is the rest. Yeah, it's, it's 5 to 10%, you know, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but you can't do the physically demanding things if you're in a bad place mentally or, you know, some people can't, you know, yeah. it's like the, you know, like we talked about in the past, um... You know, use the gym as your therapy. It's it's like yeah. a form of meditation. You know, if I'm in a bad mood, I was in a bad mood this morning. So right. I went in and I beat the crap out of myself for two hours and walked out feeling much better. So I like you know? this. I like these percentages. If you can categorize them, mm -hmm. which one do you think is the hardest, and which one do you think is the easiest part? Uh, for me, the training is actually the easiest part. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I come from you know, physical work, you know, pretty much my whole life. I've had one office job my entire life. I lasted two months and I walked out, you know, the physically demanding training is the absolute, is definitely the easiest part for me because I really enjoy it. Um, for me, it's actually kind of a 50-50 split on what's the most difficult for nutrition um, or between nutrition and, you know, my, my, Psycho, yeah, my psyche. Um, now, I'm also a creature of habit. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I started working with uh, with Mike on nutrition, mm -hmm. you know, I basically just said, like, look, man, if, if I can get in, you know, if I know, if I can hit one day where I'm right on my macros, I'm the type of dude, I'll eat that every single day and I'll actually enjoy it. Because if, when I like something, I like it, okay. you know. And... Sometimes the the psyche is absolutely like difficult to get through. You know, like you having setbacks during the day, or I'll get frustrated with myself right. because I can't get you know a high a high level movement. You know, like muscle ups drives me up a wall, and it affects my psyche because okay. I'm more than strong enough. But I'm such a big, like, clunky mess yeah, yeah, yeah. that my, my gut reaction it, when I can't get something is just like, well, screw it. Just get yeah. mad and muscle it up your arms. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. So that, like, that will affect my psyche. But luckily, like, I'm surrounded by people where, like, they all keep me in a good mood. You know, awesome. like, like, Nick and Mike were there the last time I was working on it. And they were just like, dude, it's fine. You're right there. Just get it once, dude, yeah. and you'll get it. Work on it three times a week for 10 minutes and you'll be good. And I was like, 
Okay. okay. I'm good. Right. I walked out of there okay. Yeah. All right. So let's ask Nick. So percentage-wise, what do you think? Um, probably 60, 20, 20. 60% nutrition, 20% psych, psychology, and then 20% actual in the gym working out okay um yeah definitely nutrition is the biggest the biggest part um if you're a nutrition like he like with the carl analogy if you're nutrition shit like if you're trying to put diesel fuel in your gasoline car you're not going very far right um so nutrition's huge and then also along the lines with Corey is like putting in the work at the gym that's that's the easier of the two parts mm-hmm. right yeah um it's it's awesome. Like you're having a good day, you want to go work out. You're having a bad day, you need to go work out. You right. don't want to work out, you need yep. to go work out even more. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's why though that's why that part's twenty percent. And then the psychology of it again is, um, it's I don't know. It's it all it all it all flows into the same thing in terms right. of you, you need to get in the gym. If you can get in the gym, if you can sweat out for 10, 30, 60 minutes, you're going to walk out in a completely different mood than when you walked in. Oh, I like that. That's actually, yeah. uh, rigorous physical activity is actually one of the number one proven antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, just like being out in the sunlight, that's right. a proven antidepressant, you know? Yeah. It's the, um, another kind of feeding off of what Nick said as well, you know, psychology when it comes in, um, you know, if you don't want to go to the gym, that's the day you need to go to the gym. You don't feel like going to the gym. That's the name, the day you need to go. Right. Um, actually, a really good saying that I heard a couple of years ago is the only workout you'll ever regret is the one you didn't do. You know, it's... Who said that? Anybody? To be honest, I don't know. It was just a random... Did Corey say that? So, <laughs> I wish. Uh, I wish I could be that poetic. Okay, so yeah, I, I think it's really unique Well. When, when people first come into our facilities, it's normally like, oh my God, that's the hardest thing. I was like, you're in for a treat. Mm-hmm. This is the easiest thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, but you know what? Let's come in anyways and let's, we'll talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so one last thing. We're going to end with these three things, right? If I can give you one word of your journey towards weight loss, what would that word be? We'll start out with uh, Corey, Nick, and then I'll say what mine is. Okay. Um, Technically, it would be two words, but I'm going to go with long haul. Long yeah, haul. You've got to be in it for the long haul. There, When it comes to nutrition, it's it's not a quick fix. You know, it's, it's a lifestyle change. I have seen so many people, you know, close friends of mine that they'll go on these crash diets. Yeah, they'll drop 60 pounds, and then as soon as they hit that mark, they start eating normal again, and within, you know, half the time, they're right back to where they were when they started. You know, you have to be in it for that long haul. All right, Nick, what do you got? Uh, Since he said long haul, I'm going to say faith. Just have, when you're in it for the long haul, like he said, it's it's not a quick fix. It's a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. You have to have faith that the process is going to work. Like, you've never seen it work for you, but... There's somebody in the gym that you can see that it's worked for, and so you kind of got to go off of uh, off of their example that they've set. Of they didn't know that it was possible for them, but they were in it for the long haul. They were in it for the lifestyle change, and they had the faith 
to show up every day, to meet their macros, to hit a little bit of mobility, to, sh- to work out when they didn't feel like it. Um, so yeah, my, my word is faith. Have, okay. have faith that, have faith in the things that uh, you can't tangibly see yet. I like that. What about for you, Royce? For me, it's, uh, it's kind of, it kind of plays along with, with both of your words kind of combined, but it's consistency, right? It's consistently creating these habits for yourself. It's consistently failing multiple times and learning it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's consistent in, in how often you change your, your nutrition based on kind of how you respond. Uh, it's consistent on exactly how many times of work, how many workouts you do per week, mm-hmm. what time out of that out of that day, right? So um, when, when you really start to build that word up and really strengthen it is where you really start to kind of get closer and closer to your weight loss journey. Absolutely. So, And I think when it comes to failures as well, you have to come into it knowing and accepting you are going to fail at some things. But they're mo- exactly they're momentary momentary failures though they're yeah. not lasting. Shake it. them off and just get right back up and keep moving. That's the key, you know. Accepting failures for what they are—they're just lessons. Well, it's not the end of the world. Well, sorry, well, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.